from the city of brotherly love, this is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. He did it again. You just arrived at this episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, this episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, an SAP and Acumatica Gold Partner, Stellar One Consulting. If your business is ready to move off QuickBooks, start automating those business processes and get off Excel. Hit us up, StellarOneConsulting.com, StellarOne.io, or just write me, David at TrekBiteBiz.com. We'll get your business automated and breaking through those barriers preventing growth. Now let's get back to today's episode. We're going to be chatting about growing your e-commerce business, marketing, all that fun stuff that you all love. So who do we have today? Chris, and I'm probably going to chop up the last name. You guys know this by now, but uh, Chris Orzachowski. Chris Orzachowski's journey from the wrestling mats of Rutgers University to becoming one of the world's highest paid copywriters is nothing short of remarkable. As a Division I wrestler, Chris's tenacity has served him throughout his life in diverse roles that he undertook. From public school teacher to bartender to even a bouncer down the Jersey Shore. Ironically, almost failing his freshman college writing course, Chris's proudness with words has positioned him as one of the most sought-after experts in copywriting, marketing, and brand growth today. So, hey, without further delay, let's bring Chris right on in here. Business strategy. Chris, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. <laughs> What's up, David? Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Always an honor to have a guest like you on the show. So we have a tradition on the show. Very first question. What's your experience? What's your background? What do you do for a living? How'd you get there? Basically, in a nutshell, tell me what makes Chris Chris. I started off originally as a copywriter and worked with a lot of different clients uh, in the e-commerce world and the digital product space. Uh, and I started doing that when I used to be a public school teacher. That was my first job out of college. That's what I went to school for. And I kind of built up that business on the side, got really successful at it, ended up quitting my teaching job back in 2017, built a seven-figure copywriting business, uh, and which I then also launched an agency as well to do email marketing. And now what I do is a lot of growth consulting and strategic consulting with e-commerce brands and uh, online brands to help them grow and help them uh, just you know, multiply their marketing capital at a better rate so they can grow faster and more profitably. Wow. That is, that is great. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a good segue into the first question. Okay. You help them grow faster and more profitably. What's the secret sauce? Cause I think that's what everybody's listening to. That's why people listen to the show because we talk about the three G's. We talk about personal growth, professional growth, business growth and you know being able to grow faster in an economy like we have right now is a struggle so what are tips that you have as far as businesses being able to grow faster in this economy yeah um i mean the lowest hanging fruit for every business that i come across is always email marketing the reason why is because you know if you think out of eight billion people in the world like where is the core group of customers who know you, like you, trust you, are proven buyers who have given you money before or who are close to giving you money, like they're all congregated onto your email list. It doesn't mean that there aren't other people outside, right? Like obviously you could reach people with advertising, with other marketing campaigns, but the immediate quick cash 
the most profitable growth will come from mining your existing database, right? So what I do with a lot of my clients is we set up email marketing systems. Quick question, because email marketing has come up here a lot though too. What about text marketing? Do you view that the same as email marketing or do you view text marketing as different than email marketing? So I view them as like a one-two punch essentially, right? Actually, it's really like a one-two-three combo. Like if you do email, you have those names, right? If some of the percentage of those people give you their phone numbers, you could layer the SMS on top of that. And then if you want to get really crazy, you add in direct mail on top of that. And that's where things get really nuts. Okay, okay. Because I, I bought it like I get, for example, they've been on the show. There's a band, it's called Strung, um, or, or a brand called Strung. Uh, they actually have a band as well too, Blame Shift. They've been on the show, got their bracelets on. I love them. Gotstrung.com if you love my bracelets. Um, but anyways, um, you know, they'll send me their emails all the time. And I look at them, but it's really the text messages that get me to just click through, buy through and do that uh, pulsive purchase. Yeah. I mean, every, like some, for like, I have, I have some friends, like I have my, my one for friend, Abby, she owns a cheese shop. Uh, they have an e-commerce and a retail presence. And she said that like, if she like needs to close the shop early, she will not send a text that day. Cause every time she does send a text, she's like flooded. Um, and gets crazy response rates. And I've even done this with a lot of e-commerce brands where uh, you know, email will be a majority of the owned revenue, but we'll send out a weekly text or two texts a week on top of you know, some behaviorally driven automations and we crush. We'll hit you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, sometimes $8,000 from a text message that takes you know, five minutes to write. I mean, how hard is it to write 160 characters? You know, like, in terms of leverage, it's absolutely insane. Obviously, like, you need to have the list, you need to have people opted in, you need to have good products. So like, assuming you have all those things and you have those numbers and you've been collecting them, the text message stuff is really great. And it's still very early. Like I've been doing SMS since 2017 before everyone, anyone like even knew it was a thing with some of my clients. And uh, back then I thought it was really, we're still very early. And most people, most brands, companies haven't even scratched the surface on what's possible with that medium. Right. That That's great. So let's get back. I, I know I uh, hijacked the uh, topic a little bit by throwing SMS in there, but let's jump back into the discussion as far as, um, you know, the, the, the email marketing, mining your data. I mean, it was so... I call them nurture lists. Uh, is that what you would call them? There's there's different types of campaigns you could run, right? There's segmentation. There's automations you can do based on what segments people are in, or how they behaved or have not behaved. But what I tell everyone, what I like any brand, no matter what you sell to do, is like having, I call it like a behind the scenes of HQ email, where every single week you're just telling stories about your life, about your business, about what you're working on, because that's the stuff that really does build that strong bond, right? Like if you, you know, you don't have a bond with um, some random, you know, deodorant company on the shelf at Target, right? Like, unless, you know, like it's just some faceless corporation where they have a product and you say, okay, this packaging looks interesting and maybe you buy it, maybe you don't. But like, if you're a company where, you know, the founder is sending you an email and they're telling you stories and things they're working on or things that happened, at, you know, within their own life, like you feel like you know that person. It's almost like a pen pal. It's like, you feel like, you know, you have a bond with that person. It's like influencers. Like why do people watch influencers? And it's like, Hey, I'm going to the grocery store. It's like, like, it's not like educational content, but it's just interesting. I do not watch any influencers. Um, you know, there are very few influencers I would watch. The only ones I do honestly are 
personal friends that I know that are like uh, Shiny Unsol, who does NLP. Uh, I don't know if you know Shiny, but uh, amazing. She's uh, like, I'll watch her videos or like there's Elizabeth Yang, who also both of them have been on the show a couple of times, um, you know, where she does a lot of legal law, business law, family law type stuff and you know influencer in her space and that's where like i'll listen to those people but outside of that i don't know i i, I try to limit who i listen to because i don't want to get bad advice i'd rather just have him on my show and uh hear him out and i mean i think each show is almost like a master class for me of course yeah and like so when you think about all the different pockets of people though like there's people who depending on what they're in like there's people who are like into style like personal style like you know um wearing nice clothes so there will be like these little communities and there'll be like little influencers or people who like will talk about those things or like one of the spaces i work in a lot is like the the regenerative agriculture space so there's like meat influencers like farmers and carnivore dieter people and paleo people and people you know helping um, you know, people optimize their health in that way that like these kind of like, not like closed communities necessarily, but like invisible communities that unless like you're in the space, you don't even like know that they exist because it's just like everyone hangs out in different corners of the internet. So, um, what, just going back to what I was saying before, like what happens is like people you'll tune in, there's certain people or brands or, you know, just TV shows, even like you'll, you'll always constantly tune in cause you want to see what's happening next. And like, you could essentially do that with your company and bring people in where they feel like they're getting special access or they feel like they know you, like you trust you more than all of your competitors and you'll always win their business. So going back to like the nurturing piece of email, that's why I love email because it gives you that opportunity. I mean, that's why I won a lot of deals. People will be like, Hey David, you're not the, the cheapest, but I've known you for years, no matter what company I'm with. And they're like, uh, you know, you, you've got it just because I know you are going to take care of me regardless of what company I'm with, that if I have problems, you're going to make sure they get resolved. And that's a, that's a good feeling to have. That's a good reputation to have. Yeah. I mean, and you hit the nail on the head. Like, even though you're not the cheapest, they still want to work with you. And like, that's how you create that gap, right? By having that relationship, even if it's a relationship at scale, where you're talking to a lot of people by leveraging yourself via media um which really is is everything that we do with marketing right um but yeah it's super powerful and that's that's why i love the own revenue sources again it's not the only thing you should do to grow but it's a really powerful easy thing to get started with for a lot of brands right so with e-commerce let's focus on e-commerce a little bit more just because of the fact that um i work in erp as everybody on this show knows uh, we're sponsored by stellar one my employer we do acumatica and we do sap mostly business one but also uh, we do do some by design uh, opportunities as well too um my question uh around e-commerce can you give a layout of what woocommerce actually is and how it benefits a business? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit of a different ecosystem than Shopify. Uh, you do have some different types of controls where, I mean, and again, like the Shopify ecosystem is so big because they have all these app developers and um, mm -hmm. there's, there's like thousands and thousands of apps. Um, and, and there's a whole marketplace too for people on WooCommerce, but it gives you maybe a little bit more ownership. Um, some people like having things run through WordPress. So that's, you know, the the, you know, it's kind of the hand in glove fit for people who are using a WordPress site to host their, um, their store. 
my tech guy loves WooCommerce. He actually prefers it to Shopify a little bit just because right. he likes really uh, nerding out on all the different like customizations and different. You can uh, also do kind of like a Suedo EDI kind of uh, solution with it from what I understand as well too. I mean, there, there's there's a lot you can do with it. Um, what I always look for, you know, for me, like being a marketer, the most important thing is like, can we integrate, can we get data to get passed along between whatever the shopping cart is? Because there's a lot of them nowadays too. I mean, people, some people are even using things like uh, Squarespace or Wix, which I probably would use those myself personally. Not that there's anything right. wrong with them, just for e-commerce, there's better, you know, better solutions. But so there's a lot, but like, can you get the data from whatever solution you're doing to, to sync with people, the right offers and, and stuff that they're interested in, stuff that's relevant to them. So you're not bombarding them with messaging for products they don't want or for, you know, offers that come at the wrong time in their life. Um, so that's, that's the really cool thing is being able to have, like pass that data between all these apps. It used to be very hard to do this. Like, all these now everything's like a hand in glove right. fit data wise. Right, right. Which is where uh I fall in place being the back end solution that kind of ties everything together with the ERP solution itself. So that is uh that's pretty gnarly. And that's why I love talking about e-commerce because my bread and butter is companies that make and move products. Um, let me ask you this as a marketer. Um I've had some of my best referral partners have been marketing companies. And the reason is, is because they're like, we killed it. Like we did that good because they were doing that bad with their marketing. And now we came in and we've done that good. They're actually stopping our campaigns or asking us to reduce spend on the campaigns because they don't have the technical systems to stay up uh with demand have you had that happen to your company at all the, the referrals or, or the demand issue well the demand issue where they're kind of like hey we can't keep up with demand because they don't have the tech in place to to be able to process all the orders they're getting because you're so successful so we had a, a similar scenario not not exactly the same but we did have one client fire my agency because we made them too many sales um, but they, it was it was not necessarily a tech breakdown it was more about the fulfillment like they literally couldn't make product fast enough because <laughs> the, the founder was like i got the whole team working you know on 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 creating everything and you know that's we're spending half the week on that and uh so they said, you know, we, we got to pause. So I said, okay. So they they regrouped. Well, that's where it's a, it comes down to being a technology pro, uh, problem as well, too, because I guarantee you that if I got in there with doing what we do, if we would go in there, we'd analyze their business processes and we'd show them like, yeah, you know, you're wasting 30% of your time doing manual stuff where all this can be automated. And then instead of having people do mundane tasks, you're able to have them refocus and actually do profit driving activities or revenue driving activities, which de delivering product uh, is the ultimate goal. And that's where we've stepped in a lot with uh, a lot of different marketing companies to kind of um, uh, help them out. So that's a uh, that's kind of cool to hear that you've had a. Uh, you know, not the exact same experience, but you've had a, a similar experience. Uh, to, um, the next topic I wanted to jump into with you is uh, entrepreneurship, okay? You are an entrepreneur. 
How has that road been for you? I'm sure you've had ups and downs. Tell me a high, tell me a low. Let's hear both of them. I mean, there's been a lot of notable moments, uh, both highs and, and lows. You know, some big ones for me were like when I when I finally quit my teaching job back in 2017. I was like, wow, I actually did. I started a business and <laughs> I'm actually able to to live off of it, which is like an amazing thing. And this is like way, this is still like, you know, 2017 was still, the marketing world was getting more developed, the freelancing world. Like, but I would tell people what I did, they have no idea. Like nowadays people kind of know, oh, you do like online marketing, they get it a little bit. Back then people were like, what, what are you doing? Like, what is this thing? And I was like, just don't worry about it. Um, but that, you know, having my, uh, you know, last year in 2022, I had a top line revenue of 996K, which was like cool for me because, you know, it was a little frustrating because I was like, man, I was only 4,000 away from a million. Like I couldn't, I couldn't scrape together an extra, you know, 350 bucks a month, you know, across, across the last 12 month period. So it was a little frustrating, but uh, I was, I was pretty pumped that I was able to do that. Um, Cause that was five. It took me five years to go from hundred K to, to almost a million top line. Um, so I, that was, that was, you know, cool. But on the other side of that, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, valleys to to complement the peaks you know there's when i was starting my agency i always like to joke that i felt like i was getting punched in the face every single monday it was just a new problem that i hadn't had to experience and i was like all right we need to create a system it's like this bad thing happens we need to spend money we need to throw money at solving this problem or we need to hire someone or fire someone or whatever it is and it was just like this roller coaster but um i feel like that's what makes you like like it's not easy it's not supposed to be easy you know and like if it was easy everyone would do it and everyone would be a billionaire and everyone would be you know, like, but that's not the way it is because like, it is hard. It, it, it's, it's a journey for me, like entrepreneurship, it's this big giant journey of personal development. Like the more you develop yourself and your mental skills and your mindset and, you know, obviously like your connections and, you know, you're not, not everything's going to work. Stuff that should work doesn't work. And then stuff that you're like, there's no way that this will work. Sometimes it, it actually, you know, you get good results. But what I've found is like, if you just keep going, you know, if you just keep going and improving, even if it's just 1%, you eventually get to where you should be. Definitely 100% agree with that. Now, one thing that we've debated on this show, and I've also debated when I've been on other podcasts as well, too, is can you be an entrepreneur while you are still working for somebody else? Meaning that you don't have a side gig, but you're in an entrepreneurial type mind spirit like for example i'm vp of sales right now with stellar one and you know i have to build the pipeline i own all of that and if i didn't have that entrepreneurial spirit where i'm building my book of business i'm building my relationships that stay with me i'd say 95 percent stay with me very few end up staying with the you know with the former company i was with but i don't change companies often um you know, but they end up staying with me. Okay, so my question would be, can you be an entrepreneur in that way while you're still an employee of somebody else? Or do you think that to be a true entrepreneur, you have to have own and work on your own business? Well, I mean, like, I think like Seth Godin talks about like, there's two categories, there's like, an entrepreneur freelancer. And he's, he said, in one of his uh, talks a while back, he was like, I'm actually a freelancer, because like, you know, I like doing these, you know, I understand that I have like clients and things. Uh, this, this is a while back. I forget which course you were saying this in. Whereas an entrepreneur, their single goal is to make themselves redundant to the point where they can remove themselves, right? Um, and, it, you know, it might take a long timeline. Like, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, ran Amazon for 30 years. So like not everyone steps away. But, um, 
but then there's that middle ground of like, well, like I, I believe it's been described, uh, not by me, I didn't coin this term, but I've heard the term intrapreneur, where like you, it's kind of like the best of both worlds almost, where like you have the creative freedom to say like, this is my fiefdom, my like, you know, area, my sandbox, and I'm going to build whatever I want in here. And by me, you know, having some guardrails around what it is, like, like Jocko Willink, you know, the podcaster, he talks about discipline equals freedom. Like when you put a little bit of discipline around what, you know, like when you build that actual sandbox for yourself, you can build amazing creations because you don't have an infinite number of possibilities. Sometimes entrepreneurs, like I know myself, like there's, you could take your business any way you want. And that's almost hard because it's like, well, you know, most people who are driven to entrepreneurship, they have, they are big visionaries and there are people who say like, you know, anything's possible and I can create anything I want because you understand like how the game is played. Right. But within a world of infinite choices, it's hard because it's like, well, which direction do I go? Right. But when you have, you know, um, this corral and say like, okay, this is my mission. This is what I want to build. And now I have some parameters around what I'm trying to do. It almost gives you more freedom because then you can go like you can scale higher with, within the the vertical of what you're trying to build. So I hope I'm making sense, but like, I, I, yeah. I th so I think, I think you can, like, it's not like, whether it's a true entrepreneur or whatever, like, I think we're moving into a world where I call it like people doing projects, right? Like when you think about the Hollywood, right? How do they make a movie? Well, you know, so a couple of people get together, say we should make a movie. What's the movie gonna be about? Okay, we need to hire a director. We need to hire a film crew. We need to hire an editing crew. We need to hire some actors. We need to hire some extras. We need to hire a caterer and book a set and and you know get a shooting schedule and then like once the movie's done what happens well they maybe the movie takes two years but then they break apart and then they go make another movie maybe they make a sequel maybe the team gets back together uh you know if it's if it's um you know quentin tarantino or scorsese they're going to get the same actors that they do for every movie pretty much right sometimes that happens or sometimes they get a completely different cast and i feel like with the online world with all the different tools and softwares and connections and networks like we're kind of moving more into that place where it's like i call people doing projects rather than hard and fast like you work at this job this is your desk you work here for 40 years you get the gold watch and you're tired like that still happens obviously but i feel like in our world it's just shifting and morphing a little bit right 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 totally totally understand right now you own your own business as a fractional chief marketing officer. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, I have some one-on-one -on -one clients. I also have a lot of clients in like coaching programs and groups um, and, you know, some courses, things that I have. So I kind of essentially take the same model and just apply to different levels of, um, you know, stewardship, essentially. Like some people don't necessarily need to pay the premium to have me work one-on-one. -on -one. Some people benefit from being in the groups, but it's essentially me just taking my marketing systems and applying them to, um, you know, similar types of businesses, similar types of e-com brands. What's been your biggest surprise as a business owner? That's a good one. What what what, what about like uh, some kind of odd rejection on a freelance copywriting gig that you did that you're like, oh, this is amazing. This is incredible. And then all of a sudden the client's like, this is crap. Anything like that? I think the biggest thing for me is like, there's, there, there's, so there's two things like within pro like you could do a really good job for clients and still like get fired like i told you that story before about you know where we were blowing out sales you know record-breaking sales months and then we got fired well, like on a logical basis you're like well that doesn't make any logical sense but business isn't logical and people aren't logical and so like part of it is that and part of it is like you can't necessarily see the whole picture of everything that's going on like because within like me sitting in the founder's chair when i went from being a freelancer to being a founder I started realizing that like, you know, Warren Buffett talks, he has this one quote about, 
um, you know, essentially like when you promote someone up into the chair of CEO, like most people aren't prepared for that because that job is all about capital allocation. That job is where do you put the dollar? How quickly does the dollar come back? How many friends does he bring with him? Right. And that's a very different skill set than marketing, than operations, than some of the, you know, sales and some of these other things. It doesn't mean that that people from these fields can't slot in and do a good job. They absolutely can, but it's a way different skill set. So for me, like as I've been a founder and I had to sit on the other side of the table, right? I'm allocating capital, I'm making hiring decisions to say, okay, this is the right decision now, but then maybe six months later, you have to get rid of that person, you have to get rid of that agency or whatever it is, because there's other pieces of the business that need attention or need capital or need focus or bandwidth or whatever it is from you. And even though that person might be doing a good job, which happens, it's just like, hey, I'm sorry, like, you know, we need to throttle back here and throttle up in this other direction. So that was the biggest thing for me, because when you were a freelancer, you never see that side. You don't. You haven't lived through that experience, so you don't understand what it's like to have everything. You know, to see the whole battlefield essentially. So that was probably my biggest like eye-opening thing. I was like, oh, now I get it. Now I kind of understand a little bit more. It's helped me actually with client service because now I I understand that perspective. That is amazing. And unless you have anything else to add, I think we'll probably end on that note. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I would just say you know, marketing is. It sounds daunting. It sounds difficult, but you know, if as long as you just focus on good offers that, you know, really help people change people's lives and putting them in front of the right people at the right time and multiplying yourself with media. Um, show value. Would that be important? I think, yeah, I think, well, I think the way you show value is by transforming people, changing their lives by, you know, helping them solve the problem. And like, that's the thing. If your product is great and if it really creates awesome outcomes for people, then as long as you're demonstrating that and, you know, showing people and educating them about the problem and helping them under, like make the belief shift in their mind that they need to say like, I can go from point A to point B and solve this problem and escape from it, never have to worry about it again, because now I understand why I was experiencing those problems and what the actual solution is. I feel like good marketing does all those things. It does naturally create value in the process. And you know, the more people you help, uh, the better your business is gonna do. So that that is awesome. So we will end it there. Uh, Chris, please do me a favor. Tell me, where can people find out more about you, uh, more about your business? How can they reach out, uh, you know, for your courses and any other information you want to share? Yeah, so if you go to 100yearbrand.co, that is my website, and uh, you'll be able to sign up to get a free copy uh, of my new book. It's called The Moat. And it's all about the, you know, it's a deeper dive on some of the marketing systems that I unpacked today. And it's uh, essentially, you know, my A to Z system that I use to grow brands. So uh, 100yearbrand.co. 100yearbrand.co. And as everybody knows that watches Shark Bite Biz, we will have a copy of the link down below in the in the, uh, in the description. Sorry, got tongue twisted. Uh, we'll have a link below down in the description, whether you're on... Uh, YouTube or Spotify, audio version, video versions, doesn't matter. You'll see it right after the paragraph, the very first link will be reaching out to Chris. So please check out his business. Chris, you are a smart dude. Thank you for coming on, sharing your knowledge. And I love how you help businesses grow. Thank you so much, my man. Thanks for having me. Yep.
Cheers. Wow, that was an incredible chat with Chris, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share with us. Share us out to your friends, your colleagues, your family, any anybody, anywhere that you dwell on the interwebs. I don't care if it's Facebook, X, Twitter, whatever they want to call themselves, uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever. I would love to see nothing more than Chris, a hundred year brand and shark bite biz out there trending. Now, first, uh, you know, I, I just need to say awesome stuff, Chris, like that was really incredible. Some really good insight, really compact interview that really just jam packed full of info. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your expertise and please go visit his website, hundredyearbrand.co, not.com.co. The link is going to be down below in the description. Question of the day. Email marketing, text marketing, or both? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Uh, love all those comments. Would love to get more comments. Uh, do you want to be on the show? Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can join the channel. $3 a month. You will become a baby shark. That's right. $3 a month only. Support the channel. Every dollar in is every dollar that we put out to make this bigger and better. Lastly, we've got to say thanks again to our wonderful sponsors, Stellar One Consulting. That's StellarOneConsulting.com, StellarOne.io. If you know, you're in QuickBooks, let's get you an SAP. Let's get you an Acumatica. Let's get the right solution for you and your business running in the cloud. Reach out to me, David at SharkBiteBiz.com or go to the websites I mentioned. And uh, yeah, let's get you out of Excel. Let's modernize your business. Anyways, you all know this by now. I'll say it once again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Pipe Biz. We'll see you all again next episode. Cheers. You've just experienced Shark Bite Biz with Dave Strausser. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Special shout out to our sponsor, an SAP and Acumatica Gold Partner Stellar Wand. Get off QuickBooks, automate businesses' processes. And have your business reach the stars. StellarOneConsulting.com or reach out to the show. Till next episode.